Have you ever thought that maybe, just maybe, there were some you were supposed to receive and that on behalf of God, great, supernaturally, and it, it just, it, like, it kind of jumped you, skipped you. And you, well, actually, what you really have to ask yourself is, is it possible for a blessing to be missed? Is it possible for a blessing to jump you and to go to someone else? Can someone steal your blessing? I got the answer for you. The answer is yes, it can. It's actually a biblical concept. It's true. You know, we don't think about it that way, but there are blessings you've missed out on, guys, because you don't know what, you didn't do what you were supposed to do in the right moment. See, look, right now I'm standing on this deck it's the outside of our Hickory campus, and it means a lot to me. That's why I started recording this sermon here, because this, this may be the last time I actually get to record this. It may be something we record, we remember back in history. Why? Because something great's coming. See, this next week, this will be demolished, but not for a bad reason, for actually a good reason. It's gonna be demolished because construction is gonna start, and it starts right here. They're gonna tear it down to build our new platform right here. Come on, can anybody praise God for that in the church? Can you put your hands together and worship Him? You can do better than that. Come on, church. We've been praying about this. God is expanding. You had a chance to be part of that construction at the end of service, but, but that's not what I want to talk about. See, what, what touches my heart is that when, when we came here the first time to this facility, it was a big General Electric warehouse, and we walked in here by mistake. We were supposed to go somewhere else, but then we ended up coming in here, and when we ended up coming in here, I saw the, this big warehouse, and I said, oh my gosh, we could never do that. I thought it would be impossible. I thought we'd, be, we'd never reach that blessing, but, but I embraced it. See, see David in scripture, a worshiper, the one wrote the most of Psalms and he was the King David. He, he, he knew secrets and that's what this series is about. It's about secrets that he knew of intimacy with God and entering the blessing. And I want to talk to you about that today. I want to talk to you about the, one of the secrets that he knew, that he understood. He knew that he would miss the blessing unless he opened up his heart. And that's something that we need to understand now. We need to be able to open up our hearts. You know, in the book of Acts, chapter 13, in verse 42, Paul is in the church, right? And, and, the, and the Bible tells us about how he's, he gets up and starts preaching. He starts telling this awesome message. And when he's done, verse 42 says that people were so amazed about what he was teaching that they actually come up to him and they start saying to him, um, can you come back tomorrow? Can you come and teach us again? They're excited and they're static and people are coming. And, 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 and when you go down to verse 44, the Bible says that multitudes came from all over the place. I mean, it started filling up like, like iChurch. You know, the building just started filling up and more people started coming. And they were, they were astonished and it, it was awesome. But with that came some jealousy. The scripture says that a group of, 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 of Jewish traditional Pharisees were upset with what was going on. They were mad about what was going on and they were jealous about what was going on. And in their madness and in their jealousy, they, 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 they actually wanted to cast them out. They were so upset at what was going on. They were so upset about what was going on that, that they, they started um, um, questioning him and, 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 and questioning what he was doing. Now, I want to take you for a second to verse 46, and I'm going to read that actually from the Bible. See, in verse 46, I want to show you after they rejected him, after they told him they didn't want him, I want to show you how Paul answers back to them. In verse 46, this is what Paul says to them. And I want you to look at this. Again, we're speaking out of Acts chapter 13, verse 46. It says, it says, Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly when they, when they were filled with jealousy. We had to speak the word of God to you first. Paul is saying, we, we, Paul and Barnabas says, we, we brought this to you first, but since you reject it, I'm going to repeat that, since you reject that, since you what, church? Come on, since you what? Reject that, since they rejected it, and do not consider yourselves worthy because you don't consider yourself worthy of this message because you don't consider yourself worthy of eternal life. We now turn to the Gentiles. Your blessing is being missed. We're going to jump you. We're going to give your blessing to somebody else is what they're saying. We're not going to give it to you. See? So, so what, you, what we need to ask ourselves is here was, what was Paul teaching in first place? Why was there so much commotion and so many people? What was the worthy thing they missed? Well, well, see, if we backtrack and go to verse 22, that same chapter, 
I want to show you what Paul's talking about. What Paul is saying is God has blessed you, man. God's got great things for you. God has given you this. God has given you that. God has given you awesome and powerful things. He sent you prophets and he took you to the desert and he pulled you out of the desert. God's been there with you. God wants to bless you. Can somebody say amen? God wants to bless you. That's what he's saying. And he says this in verse 22. He says, after removing Saul, he made David their king. He made David, that's part of the blessing. God testified concerning David the following. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. I'm going to repeat that. A man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. <laughs> you see how David was? David was a man after. Everybody say after. He was a man after my own heart. He will do anything. See, the proof that he was a man after, his, after God's heart the proof is that he was willing to do everything and anything. In other words, if there's a blessing, I don't want to miss it. If there's something for me, I'm going to grab it. I'm not going to let it go. So I have an illustration I want to teach you today. Now, let it be known, all this is live. It's like a real TV. It's, real, it's going on real. Nobody knows what's going to happen inside the building. But I'm going to give somebody 20 bucks. Here's what I'm going to do. All right. Now it's very informal. You may see cars passing by. You may see people walking up and down. We want this to be real. I have a twenty-dollar bill in my pocket, in my in my wallet. I'm gonna pull out this twenty-dollar bill and I'm gonna give it away. Remember, I'm gonna give it away. I'm gonna put it in my front pocket. All right, and I'll come back to that later. But before I do that, I'm gonna do something, and I want you to watch what I'm about to do. Pay close attention, because I'm gonna give one of my staff members or somebody in the church a twenty-dollar bill. Free. I have a blessing for them. But let's see if they'll accept it. Well, let's see if they'll reject it. Let's see what happens. I'm pouring water. Velen esto, mi hermano. Velen lo que estoy por hacer. I'm going to do this part bilingual because it goes into two services. Va a dos servicios. This goes bilingual. Ve bilingüe. All right, I can't do this twice. No puedo hacer esto dos veces. I could only do it once. Solo puedo hacerlo una vez. Even though we have multiple services. Aunque tenemos varios servicios. What I did was I created some mud. He creado fango. Watch it. All right. I'm going to put it all over my hands, over and throw over my mano. Put some all over my face. My face? No? Shirt. Shirt. Camisa. Okay. I like this shirt. Me gusta esta camisa. All right. It's all over my shirt now. That's going to be camisa. I'm going to take some more. Voy a tomar un poco más de tierra. You're saying, Pastor, you're really going to put that in your head to put it in your face, Pastor? Are you really going to do this? Yep, I'm really going to do this. Hey, man, this sermon better minister to somebody. I'm losing 20 bucks if somebody, if this works. Voy a perder 20 dólares. And on top of that, I'm making myself a mess. Me voy a hacer un revolú. Me voy a ensuciar. And this better minister to somebody. Esto es más malo que ministra a alguien. Here I go. Camera team, is it all over my face? Me cayó en la boca. It's in my mouth. All right, here I go. Ready? Now, you see the way I am now? Ve como me veo ahora? David felt the same way. David se sintió la misma manera. See, see, David was a man after God's own heart. David era un hombre tras el corazón de Dios. David was a man that was searching for God. Él estaba buscando a Dios. And you know why? You know what the secret was? ¿Sabe cuál era el secreto? He knew this. Él sabía esto. He knew he wasn't worthy. Él sabía que no era, no era digno. In Psalm 51, verse 7, Salmo capítulo 51, versículo 3, verse 3, not verse 7, verse 3. This is what he says. Esto es lo que él dice. Let me see if I can find it. A ver si puedo encontrarlo. And not dirty my suit, my jacket. Follow me, sígueme. It says, in Psalm 51, 3, Salmo 51, 3, dice, Yo reconozco mis transgresiones. Siempre tengo presente mi pecado. He says, for I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. He knew he was messed up. He knew he had dirt over his body. He knew he, he, knew he had messed up. But, he, but even though he knew he was unworthy, inside his heart, his secret was, I'll still search for, my, for God. I'll still be intimate with him. I, I, I can't do much, but God can. So, you know, so, and when he opened up, regardless of his condition, he received the blessing. So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do, all right? I'm going to walk into the iChurch facility. Yo voy a caminar al edificio de iChurch. And remember that gift? Recuerden ese regalo? I'm going to go offer it. Voy a ofrecerlo. But you got to follow me. So just 
Might lose focus. Maybe I perdí mi enfoque, pero solo sigue un momento. Just follow me for a second. I want to see what happens. Quiero ver qué pasa. is why my staff loves working here. Come on, how many of you have a big exam like this at work? Remember, none of this, recuerden, nada de esto ha sido ensayado. None of this has been rehearsed. So they have no idea what I'm about to do. No tienen idea lo que van a hacer. Maybe my illustration doesn't work, but I'm pretty sure it will. Quizá mi no funciona, pero creo que sí. Keep on following me. Hey, Miss Cindy. Don't hide. You don't have to hide. Here's Miss Cindy. This is iChurch. I'm going to come around. Okay, I'm going to give Miss Cindy a hug. Would you receive my hug? You will receive my hug. I have a blessing for you, girl. There you go. She received the hug. Come on, give it up for Cindy Cates. All right. I'm going to go now and I'm going to say hi to Karen also in her office a minute. She's working. She actually wants to do a couple of stuff, but... Karen, how are you doing, Karen? Doing good, you want a hug? You want a hug just because you're on camera, you want a hug? Solo porque está en cámara, quiero un abrazo. Here you go, Karen, give me a hug. Kind of, a little, a little colder than Cindy Cates. Un poquito menos, más frío que Cindy Cates, ¿verdad que sí? All right. Well, there are some people that receive the blessing. Hay gente que reciben la bendición, right? There are some people that will, that will take it. Now, watch this. I'm still hunting. Thank you guys. Bye-bye. Follow me. Hello. Hola, Sierra. Hi, my sister. God bless you. Hey, guys. This is Sara Carrasquillo. Esta es Sara Carrasquillo. Okay, she's here. And, and Sara, yo tengo algo para ti. I have something for you. Tengo algo para ti, all right? <laughs> Why are you saying no? I think I want it. <laughs> ella no sabe si lo quiere. Dice, I don't know si lo quiero. You say, but that's segura que lo quiere. You sure you don't want it? No. Okay, all right. Then we're going to we'll let Sarah go. Vamos a ir a Sarah. Vamos a dejar a Sarah irse. It's all right. Okay, because let, let, me, let me share with you. Ven acá, espérate un momento. Sarah, lo que tenía para ti era un regalo. I had a blessing for you. But, but I guess it's not for her. Me imagino que entonces no es para ella. Ella se lo pierde. She misses out on it. Right? But, aquello que sí lo recibieron, those that did receive it, the ones that did not reject, lo que no rechazaron, they receive it. Ellos sí lo reciben. Watch. You go back to those that were not fearing. Regresa aquello que no temieron. You go back to those that, listen, presta atención, there's going to minister you. Do I mean to you go back to those that received you no matter how dirty you really were. Va para atrás aquello que te recibieron no importando cuán sucio te... David knew he was dirty. David sabía que él estaba sucio. And he knew that God received him regardless how dirty he was. El da David sabía que Dios lo recibió no importando cuán sucio él estaba. God, David knew that God, listen, God will receive you. He received you when nobody else would. And David knew that secret. That's why he was a man after God's own heart. That's why he kept on going back. When somebody receives you that way, you honor that. Tu honra eso. You give to that person. Tu le da. David entendía eso. David knew that. This is what I wanted to give to you. It was this. It wasn't the hug. But thank you for receiving the hug. Gracias por recibir el abrazo. That's what it's about. Now watch. Scripture says, la Biblia dice, in Psalms 51.7, it says, cleanse me with hyssop. Cleanse me with hyssop. You know what hyssop is? Hyssop was a, a plant, right? Dice, limpiame con hisopo. Hisopo, Salmo 51, limpiame con hisopo. Hyssop was a plant. It, it has a minty uh, smell to it. Tiene un olor de menta envuelto. And you would use it because there wasn't soap the way we have it. No había jabón como lo tenemos nosotros. So they would use it. They would, they would crush it and make oil. Lo, 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 lo aplastaban, hacían aceite. And they would use it to clean themselves. 
en, en el Leviticus, en la Biblia, en Levítico, if you go to Leviticus chapter 14, Levítico capítulo 14, you'll see in a portion of scripture, tú vas a ver en la escritura, how, how they use hyssop to cleanse the unworthy para limpiar lo que era impuro. What David is saying is, God, it cleanse me with hyssop. Él estaba, Señor, coge lo impuro y hazlo puro. God, make that that is impure, pure. Purify me, God. Purifica me is what he's saying. He's saying, cleanse me, limpiame, be clean. He says, let me, he says, and I will be clean, God. I won't be dirty, I'll be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter. Limpiame y seré más blanco que la nieve. Let me hear joy and gladness. Versículo 8. Permíteme escuchar alegría y gozo. Let me hear it, God. Permíteme escucharlo. That's all he wanted. Eso es lo que quería. David, David quería que Dios lo limpiara. David wanted God to cleanse him. Regardless how he was, no importando cuán sucio era, he would go back and regresaba. The secret was going to God no matter how he was, what his condition was. It wasn't about what he could do. It was about what God could do. It was about what God could do. Here, follow me. Follow me. I'll show you how it plays out. I'll show you how it pans out. Follow me. Te voy a enseñar cómo funciona. Are you with me? Está conmigo? You with me? You got this? Quiero que me siga. I want you to follow me. I don't know if you can focus on this. No sé si puedo enfocar en esto. See? Your dirt could be on you. Tu sucio puede estar encima de ti. Your hands could be stained from your past, de tu duda. How you doubt what God's going to do in your marriage, cómo duda lo que Dios va a hacer en tu matrimonio, what God's going to do in your life, lo que Dios va a hacer en tu vida. You think it's there forever. You think you're unworthy. Tú crees que no eres digno. So sometimes you fight with what God wants to do with you. Tú peleas con lo que Dios quiere hacer contigo. But I want you to know that what cleanses you, lo que te limpia, is not the water, no es la, el agua. What cleanses you is the blood of Jesus, es la sangre de Jesús. Somebody say amen, alguien que diga amen. The blood of Jesus, la sangre de Jesús, lava, it washes away all your impurities, toda tu impureza. He made you new, te hizo nuevo. Pastor, I don't get it. David's secret. El secreto de David. He was a man who would search for God. Era un hombre que buscaba de Dios. He would be intimate with God, knowing that when he was dirty, God could make him clean. Él sabía que cuando él estaba sucio, Dios lo hacía limpio. Now I'm not completely clean. Yo no estoy completamente limpio. And I won't be till Jesus returns. Y no lo voy a estar hasta que Jesús no regrese. Cometemos errores y falta. Pero el secreto de David era decirle, Señor, limpia. Me gusta decir, God, clean me. Intimacy has nothing to do with sexualness. Intimidad no tiene que ver con el sexo. My daughter, Mija Sara, as she was a little child, cuando fue bien pequeñita, she would always put her hand on my face. Me ponía la mano en la cara así, me tocaba. And it meant the world to me. Significaba lo, lo, lo más para mí. It, it was a form of, 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 of showing me her love, her intimacy with me. It was not a dirty thing. It was a clean thing. And I hug her and I embrace her. Yo abrazo a mi hija y la amo. And it's not a dirty thing, it's a clean thing. It's a father and a child together. Es un padre y un hijo juntos. It's what God has for you. It's a secret that David knew. El secreto que David sabía. See, when you get home, and, and when a parent gets home and your children start, ah, ah, and they start celebrating and jumping up and down, daddy's home, mommy's home. When they do that, that's... That's, that's, that, that's a praise and worship. Eso, eso es alabanza. And when they hug you, cuando te abrazan, eso es adoración. When they, when they hug you, when they lean on you. Not a praise, that's worship. That's intimacy. Do you have that with God? Do you have that to God? So, so, so here's the real question. Here's, here's where I'm going to. David was a man after God, no matter how dirty he was. David era un hombre tras el corazón de Dios, ni cuando cuán sucio estaba. How about you? ¿Qué tal tú? How about you? ¿Qué tal tú? 
have a, here's, here's the question. The question is, here, here, the question is how many blessings have you missed out on? ¿Cuántas bendiciones te has perdido? Because you don't feel you're worthy porque no sientes que eres digno. Because you think it's about what you do and not about what God does. Tú crees que se trata de lo que tú haces no lo que Dios hace. So the, so the real question, la verdadera pregunta, the real question is, la verdadera pregunta es, how many blessings are you going to lose? How many blessings are going to go right past by you into the next guy? How many blessings are going to have to skip you and go to someone else? Also, are you guys, pastor, are you guys saying that I can miss out on my blessing because I'm dirty? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, 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 yes. I'm going to say that one more time. You're saying I can miss out on my blessing because I'm dirty? Yes. Absolutely, yes. And I know, I know this is not a popular sermon. It's not a popular sermon. It's not a sermon that everybody wants to hear and it's like, yay, pastor told me that I'm missing out because I'm dirty. Yeah, yeah, nobody likes that. It's not a popular sermon. It's not a sermon that we're going to, it's not a feel-good sermon, but it's the reality. It's the reality. The reality of it all is that sanctity and cleanliness is, and, and transformations are no longer a topic anymore. We don't want to talk about it anymore. We don't want to make it a factor anymore into our blessings, into what we receive and into what we give. But cleanliness and sanctity are an issue. They're a thing. They exist. And when you don't have that cleanliness and when you don't have that sanctity and when you don't, you can miss out on a lot of blessings. I know you don't like that and I know maybe you've forgotten about that because again, nobody talks about it anymore. But it's an issue. Like, let me tell you how this series was born. Uh, I want you, I want to, I want you, maybe you've already heard me say this, maybe not. I want you to imagine something with me. Because when I read the Bible, I like to bring it to life. I like to imagine. I want you to imagine something for me. This series was born because I was reading 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9. In the New Living Translation, right? I was reading it in this specific format. Uh, production doesn't have it. If they can find it, find it in New Living Translation. If not, it's okay. No, no, don't put it. I want you guys to hear me. I'm going to read it to you, okay? Not because the other versions are wrong, but because this is how I read it and this is how the imagery worked for me. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, it's really crazy because David is about to, to pass. He's about to die. Now, he's no longer going to be around anymore. And so he's getting it to the end of his days. And when he's getting to the end of his days, Solomon, his son, is going to end up being the king. So he goes and he gathers hundreds and hundreds of people, the top of the top, the lords and the commanders and the armies, the best of the best. He gathers them all. And in my mind, I imagine him in a palace and the palace has like a little balcony, right? And so he comes out out of that little balcony and these hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people just straight up stop and maybe bow bow down to him for a second as a king and it's just epic imagery and he comes out to his palace and everybody by he tells him this is my imagination right he tells him to rise and when he tells him to rise in this epic he starts telling these people look at this it's about to pass and instead of him start doing what usually leaders would do which is to brag on everything he's done right and I've done this and I've done that and I've done this he starts telling people the things that he failed at He's like, hey, I messed up. I had these huge plans to, make a, to, to build a, a, a temple for the Lord, and I didn't build it. I couldn't finish it. I had the blueprints, and I couldn't finish it. But it's okay, because my son is going to come, and he's going to do it. And right there, his son comes out. And when his son comes out, he's going to give his son some advice. So you got to think, this got to be a big deal. It's got to be big advice, right, Mike? Like, I mean, he's going to pass. Anybody who's going to die soon and he's giving you some advice in front of hundreds of commanders and you're going to be the king and he was a king, take it seriously, right? And this is his advice that he gives. He turns to him and in verse 9, he says, my son, I want to read it for you guys. He says, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. And that's what hit me because I'm like, we don't make intimacy a conversation in the church. We are taught how to pray. We are taught how to read the Bible. We are taught how to fast. Are we ever taught how to be intimate with God? Because David said it could be learned. And I would argue all day long that he was the best at it. Nobody was better at intimacy with God than David, right? This guy was always finding ways to be intimate with God. And you can read it in the Psalms. And this guy said, learn how to be intimate with God is what he says. So it's our responsibility to learn it. 
So this whole month we've been studying it, right? But what I want to focus on today is what he leads up to it, the verse before. Because a lot of times, I don't know, I don't know if, you, if you guys can agree with me on this, but a lot of times when somebody tells you something, what they told you right before either sets that up or knocks that down. Right? Right? Have you ever, me, me and Jacob were talking about this because uh, we, were, we were calling out. Have you ever had somebody that comes and says this to you, right? Look at it two ways. Imagine somebody comes up to you and says, hey, you are awesome. You are incredible. You are amazing, and you should remember that. That's pretty cool, right? It's like, dang, dang, he, 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 he lifted me up. Yeah, but what did that guy say right before that? Because it could have set everything up. Because I've had people say that to me, but this is how the full conversation goes. Hey, I've never trusted you. <laughs> I've had people come and say this, I've never trusted you. I think you were immature, and you're just a little kid, and, and I hate the fact that you roll your pants. <laughs> I hate it. Then you wear no-shows, and I can see the skin. Mm. Disgusting. <laughs> Disgusting. I hate your ankles. But you know what? You are awesome anyways. You are amazing. Right? That takes the compliment and like, like it doesn't. It no longer means as much. You just, you slap me and then you rub me. Like, what the heck is that? And me and Jacob were talking because I was telling, bro, people do that to me. Like, people do that to me. Not too long ago, I was preaching. I was pouring out my heart. And when I was pouring out my heart, I was saying how sometimes it's, it's difficult for me because the way that I imagine the Bible and the way that I preach and the way that I throw jokes and all that stuff, sometimes people can seem, think about it as it's immature. So in a sermon, I said it. I said, because I was talking with my wife. I was like, maybe I should change. Maybe I should preach, like, more seriously because then people don't think I know the Bible because of the way I'm exposing it. But really, I'm giving them meat. It's just that I'm simplifying it so much that everybody thinks it's obvious. It's not obvious. I just broke it down. I chewed it up. And then my wife is like, no, no, you keep being you. So I came in the next sermon and I said that story. And I was like, I got to keep being me. I know some of you guys think I'm, a, and I'm immature or whatever, but I'm doing it to bring you the word and all that stuff. So then at the end of the sermon, this lady catches me in the back and she comes up to me and she wants to encourage me. She goes like, hey, I want you to know something. You really are super immature. But your sermons are good anyways, okay? Your sermons are still good. So I just wanted to encourage you and bless your heart. Thank you. Like, right? Like what you say before is going to lead up to it. Now, it can even be, what you say before doesn't have to be something bad. It can be something good. One more. I'm going to tell you one more. One more, right? Because this is stuff that people tell me. Y'all good? Y'all good? It's stuff that people told me. And I don't know if he's here. Who told me might be here. And if you're here, you did not offend me, okay? But I just want you to know how it sounded. If he's not here, then good, okay? Look, uh, <laughs> look yesterday, I was at a wedding, and this guy comes up to me and goes like, hey, man. And I was like, hey, what's up? And he goes, I really miss your long hair. Right, so we're going good. I was like, dang, dang, okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I had to cut it, but yeah, sometimes I miss it too. And he goes like, just do me a favor. If you ever grow it again, grow it all the way down here. Because you had it down here, and you look feminine. <laughs> so you miss me looking feminine? Like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> You miss me looking feminine or I don't get it. And then he looked at me and he go like, but right now you look awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what are you doing to me? Like, lift me up, hit me down, put me up, kick me out. Like, what are you doing? You're killing me, man. Right? What somebody says before a compliment or what somebody says before anything, it, it means a lot because it sets up what they're saying. You see, David said something before this verse, before he said, learn to be intimate with God, before that specific phrase, that's an epic phrase that kickstarted this whole series, there's a verse right before. He says something to Solomon right before in verse 8, and this is what he says in verse 8. If you have it, you can put it. First Chronicles 28.8, even if it's not New Living, you can put it. Look at what he says. He says, so now... With God as our witness, right? You got to imagine, everybody's looking at him. He's at the balcony. With God as our witness, and in the sight of all of Israel, the Lord's assembly, I give you this charge, right? 
Be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God so that you may continue to possess this good land and leave it to your children as a permanent inheritance. You see, there's a clause there. There's a blessing for Solomon, and there's a small clause for Solomon, the one that we don't want to read. We do that a lot with the Bible. We read it and we take the piece that we like and we forget what's before or what's after. We love saying, God has plans to prosper me into this. Yeah, but before it says that, he knows the plan he has for you. It's not that the plans that you have is the ones that he has. It's that the ones he has might be different, but the ones that he has are going to be better. You see, there's a thing there. And he says, there's a blessing for you. There's a land for you. And it's going to be amazing. But if you want to keep it, you got to obey his commands. If you want to maintain this blessing, you got you to gotta obey all the commands of the Lord your God. And then he says, learn how to be intimate. You see, I tie these two things and I associate them because what this is telling me is that David is telling him, Yo, obey the commands, learn how to be intimate with God. Why would he do that, right? It's like if I come to, to Jacob again and I say, Jacob, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna drive and you're going to be an awesome driver. Go to the school of driving. You see, they're not unrelated. I'm not just sending him to a school of driving just to send him to a school of driving. I'm sending him to a school of driving so that he can be a good driver, you see, when, when David is sending his son Solomon to be intimate with God, right before he had told him to obey his commands, he's sending them to be intimate with God because it is inside that intimacy with God that he is going to understand God better and be able to fulfill his commands. They're related. Cleanliness matters. Sanctification matters. Purity matters. We don't like to talk about anyone. I'm sorry you don't like this sermon, but it's the truth. It matters. And there are blessings that you don't receive because you lack that sanctity. There are promises that you're not seeing come through because you're not ready for them. You're not prepared for them. You're not clean for them. And he can't give it to you. Because if he gives it to you, he's going to do you more harm than good. If I want to give a two-year-old a car, a brand-new Ferrari, even though it's awesome, I can't give it to him until he meets certain requirements. Because if not, I'm going to give him something that's no use. It's no good. He has to grow to it. He has to learn from it. God has something amazing to give you. Some of you, you're not ready for it. As I told you yesterday, I was at a wedding. It's been a hectic weekend for me. A really cool weekend for me, though. Super tired, but really cool. We went camping with the guys. Fellas night. We did a fellas night. And it was just, just like 15, 20 dudes in the middle of the woods. And uh, we were camping. We were men. <laughs> Millennial men. And none of us had a freaking tent. Like, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. It was so manly that one of them... We, we actually did find a tent, and we built it, and a little bee went into the tent. <laughs> and he went from being manly to something I cannot even share up in here. <laughs> we were there, and at 3 in the morning, we're all just chilling, and gushes of wind surround us. We all start getting alert, severe thunderstorm. One of them literally looked up at the sky. I'm not even kidding. He literally looked up at the sky, saw a weird cloud that would look like a tornado, and said, we're going to die. Like, <laughs> I'm not even making this stuff up. I wish you were there. I wish you were there. If you were there, you can vouch it for me. Another one said, it's a tornado. <laughs> Run. What? <laughs> Nobody ever taught you what to do. Run. Like, you don't even know where it is. He's like, run. Like, it was, it, was a, it was a good weekend, right? Let's say the least. Then I left, and I went into a wedding. And when I'm at this wedding, it was a really, really cool wedding. A lot of stuff happened at the wedding, too. Um, but I'm at this wedding with this guy who was one of the first, this guy and a girl, 
who were one of the, our, my two first youth, when I started youth ministry, there was only eight youth. And one of, the, one of them, it was, they were like in the first 20 youth that we had, they were both getting married. They met each other at Switch, and I was marrying them. It was really cool. And uh, this guy that I'm marrying, he, uh, he's, he's, he's really like, he's a he's heavy guy. He's a, he has a construction business now. And he's like, he's a heavy guy. He's a strong guy. And he, but he's really shy, really quiet. You never hear him talk or nothing. And he makes it there to the front. And he, you don't think he's going to talk or nothing. And then all of a sudden, he gave his vows. One of the most amazing vows I have ever heard in my life. I was embarrassed of my vows at that moment. <laughs> Such an amazing vows, dude. And you would never expect it from this guy. This tough guy, really tough guy, big guy that you never think he'd even shed a tear. He was like this. And then all of a sudden, I looked at him and I said, Carlos, this is your moment, man. He was... He started crying. And he saw, he saw his bride coming down. He cried even more. And then when he got to his vows, he couldn't even tell. He pulled out this, this romantic-looking paper out of his, and he unfolds it. And he starts, like, shaking. And I put the mic in his hands. And he goes. And he puts his mic down. He was like, no, no, people got to listen to this. I took his mic away. I put him on his mouth. He's crying at his wedding. A little girl. <laughs> what man cries at his wedding? <laughs> you can't see it in that picture, but if you went to my wedding, I cried more than my wife. <laughs> I would not stop crying. I kept crying and crying the whole time. Titan, which you can see him right there, which is here today. <laughs> Titan was the godfather of my wedding, and literally at one point he leaned to my ear and he said, you're embarrassing me. <laughs> he backed off. This guy's a black belt in Taekwondo, and I have him there, and I'm crying like a little girl. Then five minutes go by, he said, one more and I'm out. Like, <laughs> I cried a lot. Carlos was crying too at his wedding, so I understood. And one day I'll tell you why we were crying, but I understood. But this is how Carlos started his vows. It was amazing. This is, what Carlos, this is how Carlos started his vows. Literally, he pulls out his paper, and this is what he said. It was epic. I'm not going to go through all of it, although I think I remember all of it because that's how good they were. Like, but there's this piece, and he goes, he, this is how he started. He said, are you ready? That's what everybody's been telling me. Everybody's been asking me if I'm ready. And to be honest, I'm not. Then he goes, how can you be ready for something like this? How can you be ready to take on something like this? Literally, I'm not kidding. If you were there, you know this guy who you would never imagine is coming out of him. He said, I mean, as kids, are we ever ready to are we ever really ready to ride a bike without the training wheels? Are we ever really ready to go ahead and adult? Are we ever really ready to do laundry? Are we ever really ready to go ahead and cook? He said, are we ever really ready for this stuff? Are we ready for these big moments? And you compare that to marriage, I'm not ready. But I'm also not going to miss out on this. So whether I'm ready or not, I know I want to figure it out. And he starts telling his vows, and I'm, I'm about to cry too. I was like, this guy's killing me. We are not ready for some of the promises and the blessings that God has for our lives. We are missing certain cleanliness. We are missing some sanctity. Sanctity is an issue. It's a real issue. But it's not the problem. I'm going to repeat that. Sanctity is an issue, but it's not the problem. It's an issue that you're dirty. It's an issue that you're full of sin. It's an issue that you keep messing up consistently. But it's not the problem. The real problem is that you're not coming to God for him to clean you. The real problem in here, yes, it is an issue. And yes, you need to be clean. And yes, you need to meet certain requirements for God to give you the blessing. But that's not the problem. The problem is that when you're not clean and when you're not ready, you're not coming to God. Your issues and your difficulties are not hard for God to fix. None of you are too dirty for God. Whether you're an addict or whether you've been a Christian forever, whether you cheated on your wife or whether you think you're the worst of the worst or whether you're watching this broadcast in jail because you killed somebody, you're not too dirty for God. You can't be too dirty for God. None of us are too dirty for God. God can clean you. He can fix it. So that shows me that the real problem is not that you're dirty. Because if you had to be perfect to receive the blessing of God, nobody would receive it. 
You don't have to be perfect, but you do have to create a habit of coming to God when you're not clean for him to restore you, for him to make you ready, for him to sanctify you, and he can do that. You need to seek sanctity. You need to seek being clean. You need to seek God like David did, like Pastor read in the Psalms, but we don't. We don't. We're not used to it. We live in a world and in a society. We live in an age where we don't have that habit. We don't have that, that, that feeling and that desperate feeling of coming to God and saying, God, clean me, transform me, make me new, fix me. We don't. Look, I, I did this. I don't know if it's going to work or not, right? But I, I did this. Mike, you're a worship leader. You, say, you pick the songs that we worship to, right? Okay. Mike, if I tell you... Find me a song right here on the spot, a cappella. Find me, tell me, Mike, we're going to talk about love. Tell me a song about love. Go ahead. Any song. About God's love. Oh, how I love you. Find me a song about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, something that talks about his kingdom. These are all on the spot, right? Find me a song about his kingdom, kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven. Let the heavens hold, let your kingdom move, all our faith and hope in our great Find me a song about what God can do. And how he's never gonna, how he's never gonna fail us. He's gonna be for us the whole time, or about how strong he is. Um, it's a tough one. Stuck on that one. How good God is. Of what he can do. I think Seen I got one. You move, I thought it was the same one. Move the mountains, and I believe. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. That's good. That's good. Okay, Mike. Uh, find me a song that asks God to clean you and to prepare you. Oh God, peel back the layers of my heart. True, but that song is not about Him cleaning you. That is about communion. You're right. It's about communion. It's about hanging out. It's like it's not the same thing. Saying God, hang out with me, and saying God, clean me, restore me. Fix me. Fix what is wrong. Change me right now. Change me, God. I sat down with Hannah. We thought about maybe you, one of you guys figures out a song. I can't figure out. Only one song came to mind, and it's in Spanish. Only one song came to my mind, and it's a song that she literally says, uh, clean me. I want to be the joy of your heart. Figure out what's wrong with me because something's wrong with me. Mm. Look inside of me, find what's wrong, pull it out, change me, and clean me so that I can be the joy of your heart. Mm. One song, even in Spanish, one song I could find. Now maybe you're sitting down with a bunch of brains in here. Maybe you're like, yeah, I found one. And maybe you give it to me and I disagree. I couldn't think of a song. I couldn't think of a solid song that we sing consistently and you know when you know what I think you know when I think we could figure it out if we find a hymn. Am I right or am I not right? If we find a hymn, if we go to a hymn or to a really old song, we can find it. Which for me proves a point. We change. 10, 20 years ago, you came to church to figure out what was wrong with you. To be fixed, to be clean. We come to church now to figure out what can God give me next. To fill out our Santa Claus list. Mm. To figure out how he can bless me even though I'm messed up. How he can give me even though I don't deserve. Back in the day, it was like, gosh, hi. It, literally, you read some of, the, some of the hymns that we used to sing back in the day. And all that was missing is you were singing a song. Oh, I suck. I suck. I'm a terrible human being. Oh, 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 I'm terrible, I'm terrible, right? <laughs> well, nobody sings like that anymore. None of us come to God and ask God to change us. I say that and some of you feel uncomfortable, like, oh my gosh, he said I suck. It's like, 
We don't ever come to God anymore and ask him to clean us and ask him to fix us and ask him to sanctify us. That's the Old Testament. In the New Testament, it was a thing that when somebody would come to Jesus and ask for a miracle, he had this one little thing that he consistently repeated. I don't know if you ever heard it or if you just skipped that part or if your Bible is so modern that it erased that phrase. Yeah, it just it, it's blurry. Like whenever you didn't know the answer in a test and you just scribbled it and hopefully the teacher thinks that is what you said it was. My teacher is here. She never fell for it, but some others did. Like, I don't know, maybe your Bible's all scribbled up, but whenever I hear Jesus, people would come for miracles, and Jesus would give them the miracle and then say, go and sin no more. And see, Jesus would give him the desire of his heart, but then he would say, yo, what's going on? Go change. Living sanctity. Leave your sins. Feed the spirit more than you feed the flesh. It's one thing to make a mistake. And it's another thing for you to intentionally, knowing you're going to make a mistake, and you still go ahead and make it anyways. Stop calling all of your failures a slip. That wasn't a slip. (laughs) That wasn't a slip. I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying that wasn't a slip. You've been talking with that lady. You've been talking with that girl for months. You've been messaging for a long time. You've been spicing up the conversation for a long time. You met her somewhere at a specific time. It's not like you showed up and she showed up. No, you showed up and then she showed up and then you started talking and then you bought a meal and then then you guys had some drinks and then you ended up having sex with her and sleeping with her and then you come and you say, I slip. (laughs) The longest slip in the history of the universe. Slip took you two months to fall. Gosh. You skated is what you did. You skated your way into sin. Oh, my gosh. Nothing's our fault anymore. We don't take ownership over anything anymore. And God is standing. I'm looking at David. And David understood that the issue was not that, again, the issue is not that he was dirty. Jesus would tell these people to go and sin no more. You think he really thought that he was not gonna, they were not going to sin anymore? You think he was, he was that naive? He was more naive than you and me because he received the miracle. Oh, yeah, that guy's going to be perfect now. So Jesus would tell him knowing that. They, no, Jesus would tell him because he's not seeking for somebody to actually attain it. He's thinking he's trying to get everybody to strive for it. He's not expecting you to be perfect. He's not expecting you to be holy. He's expecting you to fight every day to be holy. He's expecting you to live a life of sanctity, which is not defined by how many times you fall is defined by how many times you fall but then you get back up I had someone tell me the other day we were sitting down and we were talking and this person asked for an advice and they said man and I don't know if you guys can relate to this I'm going to share this and with this I'm, I'm about done but he said man he's a person he's a Christian he's a leader he's a leader in this church and he said man I don't know if I believe myself anymore. I keep saying that I'm going to do this. I keep saying that I'm going to do that. I keep saying that by next month, I'm going to, I keep saying to God that I'm going to accomplish this. I keep saying that I'm going to pray more. I keep saying that I'm going to read the Bible more. I keep saying that I'm going to tithe faithfully. I keep saying that I'm going to do these things. And I, it's been years and I feel like I'm still, I'm still back. I, I can't ever fully get it. I can't ever fully get it. And he said, I don't know if I believe myself anymore. I think I failed. And I looked at him and I told him, you fail whenever you accept that you are no more than you are today. But as long as you wake up every day and you say it again. And if you fall, you wake up the next day and you say it again. And if you fall, you wake up the next day and you say it again. And you keep on saying it until you make it. When you stop saying it, you fail. When you learn to accept it, when you learn to live in the discomfort, when you make a bed in the midst of sin, whenever you just figure out, well, I'm just going to be dirty and this is who I am. Well, this is why we're all dirty. But what differentiates some from others, what differentiated David, is not that he was dirty. It's not that he wasn't dirty and we are. It's that he was dirty, but he knew when to come to God and into me and say, God, look at me. 
Look at how messed up I am. Look at how dirty I am. Clean me, God. Fix me, God. Prepare me and turn me into the man that you want me to be. Because I don't want to go another day without with miss, missing the blessings that you have for my life. So I don't know if you're going to leave this place and you're going to continue to miss out on blessings. You're going to continue to miss out on promises. God has amazing things for you, incredible things for you, and he wants to give them to you. But right now he can't because you're dirty. And the real problem is not the dirtiness. The real problem is that you haven't come to him for him to get rid of that dirtiness, for him to clean you and for him to sanctify you. Don't settle. Don't settle. That's my sermon today. In intimacy with God. In intimacy with God, he prepares you. He prepares you. He sets you up. This is the last thing that God told me. This series has meant a lot to me, guys. I'm going to close. Like, we have one more, one more Sunday of this series. But you know why this series has meant a lot to me? Because all my life I was taught that you're not supposed to talk about your intimate life with God. That's close. That's quiet. That's just between you and God. Nobody should know about that. And that's what I've done all my life. And then God gives me this series, and I struggle with it because I'm like, how am I supposed to open up and tell people how I find you? And he was like, if you don't tell them, how are they supposed to find me? Nobody teaches them. Some of you haven't practiced intimacy with God because you don't know how to practice intimacy with God. He said, teach them. Teach them about your experience. Teach them about what you learned through David and what you learned through Song of Songs. And more than any other series ever, I've opened up and I've shared with you guys about me. I've been more vulnerable than I've ever been up in the altar. Last thing that God told me a few weeks ago, I was in that frustration because I get, I get it too. And for real, I'm, I'm almost done. Just pay attention to me. I promise. This is the last story. And then I'm, I'm going to pray for you. There's no altar call or nothing. But I was, I was, you know what I feel a lot? Just in case somebody's ever felt it and you think that you're alone. I feel like I should be doing more. I feel like I should be praying more. I should be reading the Bible more. It doesn't matter how much I do it. I could go one day and pray five, ten hours, and then the next day I wake up saying, I should have done more. I could have done more. And I was like, God, why do I have this lack of satisfaction always? I never feel fulfilled. I never allow myself to feel fulfilled. What do I got to do? I read books. I read the Bible. I do what people tell me to do. What do I got to do, God? I don't want this feeling anymore. Tell me what to do to not have this feeling anymore. And he said, you don't want to feel hungry anymore? You don't want to feel thirsty anymore? You don't want to have that feeling that when as soon as you wake up in the morning makes you want to find me? You want me to get rid of that? And I said, God, I want to do more because I want to deserve it. And he said, so you think that you can be good enough to deserve my presence? You can go down the checklist and do everything right, and now you deserve it. No, you have my spirit, but that's because, oh, oh this one's a good one. This one's done everything he's got to do. You think that, 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 that I, I, I'm, I'm, that's all I'm worth to you? You're strong enough and big enough to, to, to earn my love for you, to earn my presence for you? No, that's why I had to die 2,000 years ago. You're never going to do something that's going to make you worthy or that's going to make you, the, wow, wow, now, yeah, yeah, now you earn it. Yeah, yeah, it's yours. And God said, don't. This is what he told me. I'm going to read it to you. This is, just my, this is me. This, this is me. He told me you could never deserve it or earn it, but you can own it. And I stopped for a second. I was like, what does that mean? He said, you can own it. It's like, what does that mean, God? Once I give you the car and once I give you my presence, you can clean it. You can love it. You can appreciate it. You can treat it as if it's yours. When it's down, you can pour into it. When it needs a little bit, you can give it a little bit. You can own it. Just like if you will own a car and you love that car and you take care of that car. He said, you're not going to deserve that car and you didn't earn that car, but I gave it to you. So own it. Own it. Wear it in your chest. Wake up every morning and know that you cleaned it. Know that you took care of it. Be a good steward. Be a good steward 
of my presence and my spirit inside of you. That's all you can do. That's all you can do. You didn't earn it. You're not going to earn it. You didn't deserve it. But since I gave it to you, be a good steward of it. Take care of it. Love it. And I was like, God, how do I do it? Find me in the intimacy. Find me. Find me. Find me. Find me. So I don't know who you are or what you're going through right now. I know what you're struggling with. I really don't. But I do know that God has a blessing for you and a promise for you. And he wants to give it to you. But there's a problem. And the problem is not your dirtiness. That's the issue. The problem is that you're not coming to him for him to clean you and to prepare you. And God's message for you today is simple and it's clear through me and through Pastor Carlos. Go to God and stop missing out on your blessings because you're not going to God. Go to God and tell God, I'm a terrible human being. I'm a terrible human being. Nobody knows me like I know me. And I know my mistakes, God, but today I'm coming for you to tell you to clean me, God. Clean me, God. Sanctify me, God. Help me own. Help me own it. Help me be a good steward of it. Because I can't live without it. I can't breathe without it, God. So just be with me. Close your eyes and bow your head. Let me pray for you. Father God, I come before you today. Because today, God, I want to recognize where I'm wrong. What made David special, his secret is not that he was perfect. His secret is that every day he woke up and he would find you and seek you and, and ask you to make him who he was called to be. And that's all we can do. And that's all I'm doing right here, right now with this group of people. All I'm doing, God, all we're doing is saying, God, clean me, God. Transform me, God. Change me, God. Look to the bottom of my heart. Look to the bottom of my soul and find what's wrong and take it out of there. Rip it out, God, because if it is not yours, I don't want it. If it is not yours, I don't want it. If there's a thought, if there's a thought, God, if there's a belief, if there's a value inside of me that does not come from you, God, I don't want it. I don't want it, God. I want to be closer to you, God. I want you to clean me, God. I want you to prepare me for a blessing because I've been missing out on too many blessings because I'm stubborn. I've been missing out on too many blessings because I'm stubborn. I don't come to you and ask you to fix me and to make me better. I don't do that, God. But I'm here right now doing it, God. Clean me, God. Clean me, God. Transform me, God. Right there where you are. I'm going to give you a couple seconds, 30 seconds, by clock to just pray to your God and tell your God, clean me, God, transform me. If you know what's wrong inside of you, call it out. And if you don't know, if you legitimately don't know, then tell God to examine your heart, to examine your soul. I'm going to give you 30 seconds starting right now. these things. Amen. Amen. Oh, anybody receive something today? Oh. It would be, it would mean a lot to us. It would be awesome to us if you tell us what you think about hybrid services. It's something that we've had in our hearts for a while and we know we got to improve it and we got to tweak it. So if any of you um, could just go by the table and just tell them what you thought about it or just if you have my number or on Facebook send me a text let me know what you think about it let me know how you felt give me give us your honest opinion because we want to make this better we want to make the house of God more efficient um, right now we're going to get ready for the tithe and offering so in the aisles we have the ushers with the envelopes if you want to participate just raise your hand they're going to bring an envelope to you and there you can deposit um, your money and mark for what it's for bless the house of God 
Give God what is His. And He will bless you and open the floodgates of heavens for you. As you get ready for that and you participate of that, um, I'm going to invite you guys to take a look at the screens for the announcements and the trailer of our next series called Chosen. Hey, my name's David, and here's what's going on at iChurch. <laughs> The time for insane is coming closer and closer. So parents, this is the time to sign your kids up for a life-changing retreat. In youth, now's the time for you to grow close to God while having some fun, games, and competition. The retreat will be from August 14th to the 17th. So go to the lobby and register. On July 7th at 9.30 a.m., get ready for our iChurch picnic and baptism. Meet us at Henry Fork River Park in Hickory. For more information about iChurch, visit our website at iChurchOKA.com or download our app. We hope to see you next Sunday when we continue in our series, Secrets, Intimacy with God, with the title, Caress. Have a blessed week.